Before we jump into this episode, you know that I love collaborating with other business owners because the more we support each other, the more we will collectively grow. And that's why I want to tell you about an incredible event that I am thrilled to be part of, hosted by one of our wonderful podcast guests, Wendy Collier. You're invited to experience Ticket to Freedom in its 10th season. This free event is a virtual learning retreat with business building and spiritual growth gifts where myself and a panel of other heart-centered, high-integrity leaders are helping you fulfill your purpose, grow your business with authenticity and soul fuel, and attract more soulmate clients without sacrificing what is most important to you or spending your life on social media. And you know I am all about all of those things. So head over to wendycollier.com slash Kelly to save your free seat before registration closes on May the 7th. That's W-E-N-D-Y-C-O-L-L-I-E-R.com forward slash K-E-L-L-Y. This is a really special episode of Entrepreneur School. I have a really great guest today, and I'm hoping to bring some episodes like this for you. So please let me know afterwards what you thought. It's kind of a how she does it, where I interview a mom entrepreneur who has built up something substantial and successful and created a life for herself and her family. And we just talk about how she did it and what she's doing. And so Today on the show, we have Lisa Webb. She is a true global citizen. She has lived on four different continents and traveled to over 60 countries with her husband and two kids who were actually born overseas. And she spent a decade of her adult life basically rebuilding her community, networking, and finding sisterhood all over the world, which led her to create an amazing community here in Canada called Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. It's an organization for women to be empowered and inspired while finding a sense of community no matter where they're living. And Wine, Women, Wellbeing now has 30 branches across Canada and has connected thousands of women. They hold large-scale galas and conferences, and they feature well-known, inspirational women. And as the founder and the CEO of Wine, Women, Wellbeing, Lisa is a champion for all women and creates opportunities to find success and encouragement while building community connections, friendships, and business opportunities. And I happened to go to one of these events in uh, near my hometown in Calgary, and I heard Lisa's story. I approached her afterwards, and I've basically been internet stalking her for several months now. So the result of that is actually that we're doing this podcast episode together. So I'm excited for you to hear the conversation. We talk about goals. We talk about giving yourself permission to change and try new things. And it's really just a great um, conversation. I was glad to chat with her and I hope that you enjoy it. This is the Entrepreneur School podcast, where we believe you can run a thriving business and still make your family a priority. This show is all about supporting you, the emerging or early stage entrepreneur on your journey from solopreneur to CEO while wearing all of the other hats in your life. My name is Kelly Sinclair, and I'm a brand and marketing strategist who started a business with two kids under three. 
I'm a corporate PR girl turned entrepreneur after I learned the hard way that life is too short to waste doing things that burn you out. On this show, you'll hear inspiring stories from other business owners on their journey and learn strategies to help you grow a profitable business while making it all fit into the life that you want. Welcome to Entrepreneur School. Hello, Lisa. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining me all the way from Paris area. Area, south of France, but right country. We're good. Excellent. Oh, that's good. The south of France is nicer than Paris, right? Yeah, we got a little more space down here. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, before we jump into this episode, which I'm super excited about, I would love to start by asking you a little bit about like, as a mom and an entrepreneur, if you could think back to the beginning of when you started your business ventures, what advice would you give yourself? I would probably say, don't forget your balance. Because sometimes things get hard and they get heavy and we go all in because as entrepreneurs, we are so passionate about what we're doing. We all usually have a why behind what we're doing. And it's so strong for me anyways, and for women that I know and have spoken with, that we can get so into what we're doing that we can get off kilter during those crazy busy times. And to avoid burnout... I would tell myself to remain balanced, to keep doing the things that make me happy, keep moving my body, don't stay up late working, keep all of those important things in check because you'll have more stamina for the long run. Mm, I love that because especially at the beginning, we can tell ourselves, well, it's only going to be for a little amount of time until I get to the X result or goal that I have, right? And then yes, and next thing you know, four years has gone by. (laughs) You're like, oh my god, I'm still going at that pace. It can get really intense. Yeah, unsustainable a little bit, right? Yeah, and so it's kind of like a garden that you need to like mull the earth. Clearly, I'm not a gardener, but (laughs) you need to like you go in seasons, and you can have really busy seasons, but it's nice to always like make sure your own cup is full and you're taking care of yourself in the ways that you need to. Yeah. That's such, such a good reminder all the time for sure. And you have built something really amazing with the wine women wellbeing community. Maybe you could just share a little bit about like your vision for that, what it is, how it's evolved as well. Um, So my family story, you mentioned we're here in the South of France. Um, We call Calgary home. But my husband has a very international job that has taken us all over the world. So I was formerly um, an educational administrator. I quit my job in Calgary or my career and we moved overseas. We moved to Paris at that time. And then we moved to the south of France and then we moved to Indonesia and then we moved to the Congo and then we moved back to Calgary. And that was a decade. It was 10 years of my life. Our kids were born overseas. And my takeaway from that was the power of community and how community can change lives. Because if you have a community and you feel supported, no matter where you're living in the world, you are okay if you have the right people around you. And so when we went back to Calgary, I thought, I wonder if I could create a space where women can come together if they're feeling like they need community. Maybe they're new to the city. Maybe 
they don't have anyone to support their new ideas or what they're doing, or maybe they're starting a business, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Maybe they just need a friend. And so if I can make a place for them to come, I'm going to have an event and I'm going to see if anyone comes. So what I kind of, I didn't really overthink it, but I thought, okay, this will be one event in Calgary and we'll see what happens. And nearly 400 events later, we are now 30 branches from Vancouver Island to Newfoundland. And so that got a lot bigger than I initially anticipated. We have connected thousands of women and it makes my heart very, very happy. Oh, it's so amazing. And I actually am fairly new to the community myself. I um, had my first experience outside of a, like, I went to a couple of local, local branch events, but um, I went to the wild conference in last spring and it was just so powerful and amazing. And it was amazing to hear your story as part of that. Um, there were a few things that you talked about that just really resonated with me. And I know would like they align with, you know, the way that I think and act. And I think that will be really supportive for people listening to this as well. And you told a story about reaching out to Jillian Harris one time. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so the brief version of that story is when I moved. So I'm originally from Thunder Bay, Ontario, and I moved to Calgary at 22 years old. And I started teaching immediately when I got there. And I was connected with this beautiful spirit uh, who was teaching across the hall from me. And we were going to be partner teachers. And that was 22 years ago. And so that was, or 20 years ago, I guess now, um, that was Melissa Pasuto. And Melissa Pasuto has been a friend, a mentor, all of the things to me for the last 20 years. And fast forward 15 years later, her son, um, is, I don't know, 15 years, I might be wrong there. I know how long Jill and Justin have been together, but her son is now with Jillian Harris. They are, we'll call it married. So uh, Jill and Justin are together. So I was overseas for all of those years when they were dating and in that period of their life. So anyways, I came back from overseas and I guess... So I'm in Calgary. I don't know what it was. I think we were out at the Pseudo Cabin in Kelowna. And then we ended up at Jill's house and we we're having wine. And I was like, okay, really? Like, this is pretty much as good as it gets. I'm drinking wine in Jillian Harris's kitchen. And when we left there, uh, we went out for dinner, uh, Melissa and her husband and myself and my husband. And I was like, Jill reminds me of my cousin. She's just so nice. And she just, what you see is what you get. Um, I just love her. And Melissa's husband, husband, Paul says like, you should ask her to be your mentor. And I was like, please do not make it weird. Like, can I just, Jill's really nice. I really like her. Let's just leave it at that and not make anything awkward. And at this point and, you hadn't even like started wine women well-being. No, no, I had the, okay. I think that was, I think this was, no, she had already done an event with us in Calgary. Oh, okay. So we had already, like, I met her in, in Calgary and then we met, no, I think this was after our event that we had in Calgary. So I already knew her. I was just rambling about how much I liked her at dinner that night. <laughs> um, but we didn't have like a relationship where she was my mentor or anything like that. And so Paul's like, just, it's not awkward. She's family, your family, just send her message right now. And I was like, no, Paul, I'm not sending her message. I've had several glasses of wine. Like, we just need to drop this. I'm sorry I brought it up. And he was like, 
take out your phone. And so I sent her the most awkward, like just awkward message. And he took my phone from me and he made it more, way more assertive than I ever would have wrote. Like I wouldn't send a message like that to anyone, but I did send it to Jillian Harris and (laughs) kind of wanted to die after, but she messaged me back, not right away, super awkward waiting period. And then she messaged me back. Yeah. Right. Um, and <laughs> yes, exactly. And so she did end up mentoring me during COVID cause it was COVID and everyone was stuck in their house and mm-hmm. we would meet on zoom and she would mentor me. And it was just a really kind thing and a great experience for me. And that I always think of that. Like I think of what Jill did for me and if I can pass that on to someone else, because she's busy, she's a lot going on. She didn't have to do that. But then on the other side of that, you never know what's going to come from something because I found out. So this was like two, maybe two years ago. She used to mentor me three. I'm my numbers really are. What is time? Yes, exactly. And like, <laughs> it was this pre, it was during COVID. So how long ago was that? Yeah. Um, anyways, it was before the manifest tour for sure. And before the wild conference. And so it wasn't until after the manifest tour that Jill was on Caitlin's podcast off the vine. And I was listening to it and I was multitasking. And I was doing something else. And I was like, did they just say my name? And I grabbed my phone and I like had to rewind it. And so on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, Jill was talking about how during that time when she used to mentor me, that's when she came up for the idea for the Jilly Academy. Because as we were going through all of this, like, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? I might be moving to France. Should I keep wine, women and well-being? Should I do travel things? Um, And so Jill said, I wish that I just like, she was thinking in her head, I just need a handbook or I need some kind of guidebook that I can give her on like the blueprints of what I have done. And that's when she came up with the idea for the Jilly Academy. So I thought that was pretty cool because you never know where something is going to lead. So she was doing it to help me. And in the end, she came up with a business idea, which was pretty cool. Yes. So like in summary, in short form, you awkwardly texted someone who you admired, hoping that they would help you. Like you reached outside of your comfort zone and were way like, oh, outside, God, please. Like what if, and like all of the thoughts that are going through your head at that time are like, Ooh, what if she says no? What if she like never wants to see me again? What if worst yes. things that she could do? And then that even turned into like, obviously an amazing mentorship relationship and a great story. And it inspired her. So you actually, in the end, really helped her by doing that. So what if we could all think about things that way, that if we reach out and actually ask for what we want, that it's going to be a reciprocal sort of thing. Yes. Just about what we get out of it. Right. And I think that sometimes, sometimes it's timing and sometimes it's, and like, I reach out to people all the time. Half the people I reach out to don't even email me back. And that's okay. And then you just, you can reach out to someone again, like a year, two years later, and everyone might be in a different spot in their life, in their career, a different season. And you just never know what's going to happen. So I feel like when you get a nudge, just follow the nudge. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And it's really, it's why you're here right now, because I heard that story. I talked to you at that event and I was like, I'm going to send you that awkward email. It's just like that. talking about something. And then later it's evolved into, Hey, just wanted to let you know that I have this podcast and you were like, cool. I'd love to be on it. Yeah. Like, yes, see, we can make things happen. And it's little, and oh, sometimes too, though, don't you find it's really the small things 
that actually can lead to the big results when sometimes we think, oh, it has to be this big, complicated strategy that's going to get us there. But sometimes it's just asking a question, sending a text message. Yes, I will be perfectly honest with you. I have no strategy. I'm all just like passion and heart and fire and I just go for things. I would love to say that I sit down and do like annual goal setting and annual business plans. I do not do any of that. I just like, I strike while the iron's hot. I do what I can. When I feel fiery, I go after things. And when I feel like I need a season of rest, I rest. Um, But I don't have some gigantic game plan. Like I said, Wine, Women and Wellbeing was supposed to be one event. And here I am, what, four years later with all these branches across Canada. uh, It was not like you just never know where your path is going to lead. That's so amazing. So what is your like trick to actually giving yourself permission to have no strategy and to actually like feel connected to just do the next thing? That's a great question. Um, I think that if I had to like on the spot answer that question, I think that the lifestyle that I have led being this global citizen and having to move every two years, I've had to recreate myself every two years. And at one point, so I was teaching or I was in admin and then I left and I thought I have to do something. So I started writing and I ended up writing a lot and I was writing books and I was on the Huffington Post and I was like, oh, wow, I became successful at this. Mm -hmm. But then I stopped because we moved and then I had to start something else. And I went back into teaching. I was like, oh, I can do this again. Okay. I have become successful at this. And I thought, well, I'm going to try this. And along the way, I did all kinds of things. I was like, well, let's see if I like pottery. Nope. Turns out I don't. It's okay, but that's not going to be my thing. It's not going to tried yoga. I became a yoga teacher. I studied enough to do all the course. And I, and then I thought, you know what? I actually, I don't like yoga as much as I like running. So I'm going to run instead of do yoga. And that's okay. I give myself permission to try new things and adapt to change, adapt to where I'm living. And I've just had many, many seasons of my life because the way things have been set up. And so I give myself permission to try things see if I like them, see if it brings me joy and happiness and I can find success. And then I keep going. And if not, something else will come. Because I remember I was writing when we lived overseas the first time I was writing as Canadian expat mom. Mm -hmm. And when we said that we were moving back to Canada, so many people were like, what's going to happen to Canadian expat mom? Oh my God, that's your identity. And it had kind of become my identity. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen to Canadian expat mom? I have no idea. And then it was kind of ironic because I had got a bit of a following on that account. And that's the account I used to launch Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I said, I'm going to do this other thing. And if anyone is interested, if you're in Calgary, follow along over there. And I kind of sent people from that first account that I had over to the Wine, Women, and Wellbeing account, which is now far larger than the Canadian expat mom account was that I just ended up turning to my personal kind of travel account. So I just think I give myself permission to try new things. If it's working great. And if it's not something else will come and just follow the path as it goes, I guess. Yeah, that's, it's beautiful to hear that. And it's also, I know hard to do. Like Mm -hmm. I think that myself and a lot of other women entrepreneurs, we can overthink so much. And maybe that has a little bit to do with 
what we actually think of as success and what like when we're thinking about trying something new, the fears come in with what if it doesn't work? What if it's not successful? So I'm curious what you think about when you think of success. What is your definition of success? Mm, I think it depends what we're doing. Success, first of all, does it make you happy? Because if you're not happy doing it, who are you doing it for? That's like, I think that's number one. If it brings you joy, there's success there. Um, I mean, some people might think of it as a number or a following. I can't handle like likes on a post. Like, oh, this is success. I, I don't love that. There is something to it. We're all like, we're in this space where if you want to run a business, you also have to become sort of an influencer, which is a little bit tricky to navigate if that's not your thing. Um, but I don't necessarily define that as success. Um, so I think if it, if it brings you happiness, if you can find a way to do it as your job for a long time, I didn't depend on wine, women and wellbeing as my job. I was always a teacher. And then, so I always was teaching. So I didn't, I could make decisions in that space not with finances at the front. And so I was able to just really do things that felt good and that felt in alignment with me because I had my job. I was a teacher. I had a career and that was paying the bills that I needed it to pay. And I was doing this other thing on the side because it made me really happy. And I didn't make that full transition until just after COVID really, like after manifest or no, before manifest in a while, but there was a point, um, after COVID, when things opened up again, and my husband's company said, like his, his contract was due, and it was, you can either stay in Calgary, but you don't have a job anymore at this point, or you guys can go overseas and you'll have your job again. So we had to decide if I was going to continue teaching while my husband looked for something new in Calgary, but during COVID, that was like, not an ideal situation. And, and he really likes his job and he's been with this company for like 18 years. So we could either have all of the financial pressure on me, or we could move back to the South of France where I could go all in on wine, women, and well-being, not have to teach anymore. And then he would keep the job that he had. And I was like, okay, I choose plan B. I choose to go all in on wine, women, and well-being. So that's the point that allowed me to do that. Um, and so... I've been able to make it work for us. And yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see where the path leads. Yeah. Do you think that you change, like make decisions differently from like you were talking about how before, you know, the financial pressure and maybe the financial pressure for your family and everybody has their own different like situations of where things are coming from. Obviously, when you have a business, in order for it to be a business, it has to make money. So like, mm-hmm. let's just put that out there as a reality yeah. fact, right? Would you make decisions differently? Like now thinking like you're all in on wine, women and well-being versus when it was like kind of just considered a passion project, or maybe you even still considered a passion project and that you get to be all in on it. I think I do make decisions a little bit differently now because the stakes can be a lot higher when you put on an event like manifest or wild Um, there's a large, large financial risk involved because those are just massive, large scale events, which I didn't even, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know 
the size of the implications that came with all the, I'm not an event planner, I'm an educator. And so there were just things that I had no idea. I was just thinking like, okay, this is how much it costs to rent the space. And this is how much it costs for the speaker. There was just things I didn't even know about like lighting and sound and all of these extra things. And so I definitely um, look at things through a financial lens first a little bit more now, just because really there's just more a uh, far greater risk because things have, I mean, of course, renting out the TELUS Convention Center is a far larger commitment than renting out a coffee shop for two hours for 30 people, which is what we did the first time. Like our first event compared to where we are now, it's kind of like when someone is, you know, selling things out of their spare room, like selling t-shirts or whatever, and then they get a brick and mortar. Those are two very different things. Like you just, you can't operate the same way. Right. So what helps you like continue to have confidence? Sleep and exercise. <laughs> I think just making sure that I'm okay because I've I've gone through periods like when we were planning for Manifest and Wild where I was working far too much. And because of where I am in the world, um, if I wanted to get meetings in, they had to be at like 1030 at night. And so I would go through my emails and do all the work that I could by myself during the day. And then evening here in France would hit and that would be morning time in Calgary. And I would just work all night, sometimes till like midnight. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. And then I realized that that was not sustainable. And so I don't do that anymore. And I feel a lot better for it. And there's less brain fog and I can make better decisions. Um, so I think that's just also comes with experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be able to put up some boundaries in a secure place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Well, okay. First, maybe a little context. If anyone's listening and they're like, what's wild, what's manifest, what's the convention <laughs> center? Wait, people who Sorry. are listening to this are not necessarily all from this lovely area, though. You should all come and visit and definitely check us out. Um, but like, just give some context to what those events are like scope wise. Okay. So, like I said, we started just renting out tiny little coffee shops that had a capacity of 30 people. Um, they would close in the evening and we would rent those. And then as things scaled and I kind of had this idea, like, let's go bigger. Let's, let's get a celebrity involved. And so the TELUS convention center is like in Calgary and that is our large, I don't even know how you saw our large convention center, but so we had, um, we got Caitlin Bristow for the manifest tour and we went to Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon, and Kelowna. And on average, we had 700 women at every event. Wow. It was fantastic. And it was exciting. And it was all of the things. Um, and then the Wild Conference is Women, Inspiration, Leadership, and Development. And with that, we had Dr. Jody Carrington and Elizabeth Gilbert and myself. And that was a full-day women's conference. And you can yeah. watch for that coming again this fall. So that's very exciting. Yes. So these are, these are big. These are not like, oh, I think I'm going to throw an event and 700 people are going to come. <laughs> this is, this is next level stuff. So that's amazing. Um, and I hope that you're so proud of what you've been able to build. How does it feel actually? I mean, I heard you speak on the stage, so I got some of that, but like, I I'd love for you to share a little bit of how it feels to stand up there and look around and go, I made this feels crazy. I don't think it's sink. I don't think it has sunk in yet. 
Um, and once in a while, like someone will post something on a picture and I'll be like, did that happen? Like, was that my life? Did that happen? Um, which is amazing, but I feel like I genuinely feel like, like, I don't know when that, when will that hit me? Will that hit me when I'm like 80? I don't know. Cause I don't feel like for me, it just is like, oh yeah, that was fun. That was a fun thing that happened. It was great. And, um, okay, let's keep going. Let's see what's next. Do but you I don't feel like that much more than what you like than the 30 people in the coffee shop, like in terms of your own, like view of the success you'd created, does it just feel the same? It, like, I don't know. It, it kind of does. Unless someone that like what you're doing right now says like, isn't that crazy? Think, well, I think I, I have to like, if I sit head. back and I look at it, I go, yeah, wow, that's a big deal. But on a daily basis, like my husband keeps me pretty damn grounded. I will tell you that <laughs> like not letting my head get too big. Um, I just like, I just see like, okay, well, let's see, let's see what's next. And let I don't know. I just think it's so interesting because like, I literally write in my like dream journal or whatever you call it every morning. Like I speak on stage to thousands of people and I can't imagine that actually doing that I don't feel like on top of the world. So I think it's just so interesting to think about how your goals, like once you achieve your goal, it's so easy to just like, kind of like give it the check mark. Do you know what? There's a term for this and I can't remember what the word is. I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's like, and I've experienced this Hmm. because you think I'm going to write a book. And when I write that book, my whole life is going to change. Yeah. Nothing changes when you write a book. Like I'm, and especially like a book is a weird thing because it's not like, like maybe you have a book tour or something like that, but I've written many books. Like I've started writing kids books and then I was in anthologies. I published anthologies and then I got, um, like a traditional publisher published my book years ago when we were living here in France the first time. And nothing changed once I wrote the book. Like it was great. And I was proud that I did it but my life didn't change. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was Elizabeth Gilbert and they wrote eat, pray, love, my life would have changed. Sure. <laughs> um, but for the majority of people, like it's a great accomplishment. You feel good, but it really doesn't change that much. Like for example, that has happened. It was amazing. I was on this high. I loved it. I, I did I, in those moments. I felt like I was on top of the world. It felt amazing. But I came home and my kids were like, mom, laundry, this, that. And then life carries on. Mm-hmm. And do you know what I mean? Life has a way of just keeping you grounded and like dishes need to be done. And you just, you carry on. And then you're like, did that happen? Remember, like, remember those high heels? I haven't worn those heels since. I'll tell you that right now. Like, where am I going to wear them? So it's just life has a way of marching on. And then I guess you just think, okay, well, what's the next thing? And you you keep working and then your, your goals get bigger and you continue. Like I I still like on my goals, like, yes, I want to speak on giant, large stages and, and it doesn't end. I think it just continues. Yeah. It's making me think like, what if we could just act as if our goals are already here? Because we think that when we like, so often we think about a goal and like, once that goal happens, I'm going to change something's going to be different. Like the feeling that I think I'm going to, I heard this said before that the reason you set a goal is because of the feeling you think you're going to have if you achieve it. Like, and what you're saying is like, even if you do achieve it, you're probably not going to feel that much different. So why don't you just feel that way now? 
Yeah. Continue. Or you not just say don't not want to pursue like, the goal, right? Continue doing it, but like embody that feeling now. Yeah. It's like when people want to get stronger mm-hmm. and they want to start, like, I'm going to use weightlifting as an example, because that's what I'm currently doing these days. Because uh, I was like, oh, I have, I have some back pain. And my doctor told me if I start lifting weights, like just moderately lifting, I'm not going to competition or anything. So don't get excited. <laughs> um, but it just started instead of running, I started doing some weight training and it did actually really help my back. So my back is better. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop lifting right. weights, right? I just want to get stronger now. So once I'm strong, it doesn't mean I quit there. And like, okay, that check, that was done. That was great. It does feel really good, but now I'm just going to continue. Kind of like when people get like a healthy eating plan, they want to change the way they're eating. Once they get there, they don't stop and turn around and go back. They just continue on. That's now their normal. Your, I guess like your benchmark just changes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Ooh, I love. And that. I remember the first time I spoke in front of 200 people, I, I actually genuinely said to my doctor, I was getting a physical and she's like, how are you? I was like, oh my God, I'm so good. I'm so anxious. I have, I'm speaking at this event for the first time. And it was when I moved back to Canada, the first time I was speaking on embracing change and mm-hmm. wine, women and well-being did not even exist yet. And I was going to this woman's event and there was going to be two to 300 people. I was like, I have a friend who takes Xanax. Do I need that? Like, I am so anxious about this. And she's like, I think it's really normal to be anxious about public speaking. And I remember that was two to 300 people. Yeah. Manifest was 700 people over and over again. And of yeah. course I was nervous, but I, I switched that nervousness for excitement. And I went, told myself, I'm, I'm not nervous. I'm excited about this. Yeah. And so what once was terrifying and so exciting and the biggest thing I thought I'd ever do was a stepping stone to something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're always going to keep wanting more like setting the new goal and everything. Cause that's how we, you know, evolve. Yes. Exactly. You're never going to be done. Like you're a, like that's life. You're never done until you're done. And entrepreneurship on top of that is that's what it's all about. Like you've never yeah. done. So be here for the ride, right? Yes. Enjoy the journey. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I want to ask you just a question about um, like motherhood and entrepreneurship and how you navigate that, especially like uprooting your whole family every couple of years and moving to new places. Yeah, that's uh, it is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm doing a good job or do any of us know if we're doing a good job? Like I hope I am. Um, I'm not going to find out until, you know, until your kids need therapy. <laughs> yeah. And, until the therapy and they're like, my parents brought me all over. Sometimes I think we're giving them the greatest gift in the world by showing them like the war, like literally yeah. showing them the world. My kids have been to over 60 countries. Um, they've lived a very, very different life than the one that I grew up living. Yeah, And so I think that I would say there's some very challenging things about the way that our life has been up until now, but because my kids were born overseas, I didn't know any different for a long time until we moved to Canada um, in 2018. That's when they were like, Oh, the cousins get together all of the time. Not just when we're home in the summer. Yeah. The cousins get together all the time. Um, So I think that by having recreated my life, my career, our version of normal, over and over and over and over again, I hope that I am showing them that we can do hard things Mm -hmm. and that you don't have to do one thing 
for your whole life. And it's okay to change. And it's okay if things don't work out the way you thought they were going to work out. And it's okay to try new things because that's just going to be what they know. Oh, and it's such an important life lesson to have. Like you have to, like, you can do hard things, you can try new things. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, they don't know any different. Yeah. They know their mom's a teacher. They know their mom runs a business. They know their mom's written books. They know their mom had to leave her business, so to speak, um, like geographically. Um, and they know that we're going to go back and that's okay. And that we just make the best of the situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. They know that there's things that we miss at home. Like, Oh, this is happening. It's so-and-so's birthday. I wish yeah. we could be there. They know that and we can't. So what's the next best thing we can do? We can Skype them. We can make them a video. We can send them something. We're going to see them in the summer. We just, we're teaching them, I think, a lot of resilience too. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's a skill that you need to, to navigate life and especially one when you're an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. yeah they got a front row seat to it all. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Lisa, I feel like I could just talk to you for hours and hours. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I'm super excited to see uh, what's coming up next. Is there anything that you wanted to share about right now or just let people know how they can connect with you? Um, like I said, you can watch for the Wild Women Inspiration Leadership and Development Conference coming in the fall. Um, and if you want to connect with me, my well, I live in a couple places online. You can, of course, find me at Wine Woman Wellbeing on Instagram and also Lisa Webb Official. And winewomanwellbeing.com is the website. Perfect. And I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes. So please go reach out to Lisa. She loves it when you send her awkward messages asking. Awkward. All the time. Do it. Ask me for what you want. We'll see if we can make it happen. Practice. Go practice doing that with Lisa. <laughs> yes. I love it. Now I'm going to be like waiting on my inbox. Let's see how weird this can get. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. You did it. You just listened to another episode of the Entrepreneur School podcast. It's like you just went to business school while you folded your laundry, prepped dinner, or picked up your kids at school. Thank you so much for being here. I want to personally celebrate your commitment to growing your business. You can imagine I'm throwing confetti for you right now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review. Make sure you're subscribed and let us know you're listening by screenshotting this episode and tagging us on Instagram. Head to entrepreneurschool.ca for tons of tools and resources to help you grow your business while keeping your family a priority. You can subscribe to our email list and join our community. And until next time, go out there and do the thing.